I wanted this series to go on a little bit long because I like that video. I like watching that video every week. I had a family talk to me this week. They're like, we were having this argument as a family because we recognized that that was your son, Will. That was my son, Will, was the soccer player in the video. We recognized that it was him in the beginning part of the video, but that's not him at the end, is it? Kicking the ball. I was like, that is. They're like, I thought it was. My kids were like, there's no way that's him kicking the ball. That is my son. He plays for the high school university soccer team. He kicks that every, every game he plays. He does that three or four times in every game. So you need to come check him and his brother out playing soccer uh, for Washington. You know, I, um, I've loved teaching this series. We've been talking about this idea of move and what it looks like in our lives to move from where we are right now, maybe to somewhere different. Uh, maybe in our relationships with one another, uh, it could be a career thing, it could be a physical move, it could be um, a number of things, but primarily, hopefully, in your thoughts about who God is and the role he plays in your life. My hope and prayer is that through this series that you may move a little bit closer to God than where you are right now. But I got a bit of a scare this week, I'll be honest with you. Um, I got a text from a family in the church, the, uh, the mom, the wife, she sent me this text. And uh, I didn't read the text enough, I just looked at the attachment, it was this picture from a Facebook page. So because I hadn't read the whole text, what I thought she was saying is, this is a friend of mine in another state who's been listening to your messages, and look what she had to say about it. Now, I don't know why that was my assumption, but that's what I thought, so I read this Facebook post, this screenshot she sends me of this Facebook post from a friend of hers in another state. Friday testimony, I left my job with notice, of course, not a petty salary by any means, and I entered a relationship where he proposed to me all within the same week. But God is all up in this decision-making process. When God speaks to you and tells you to move and you refuse to move, he will make you move. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Someone I've never met before has listened to what I'm saying. <laughs> they've quit their job. They've left the relationship. I'm, this whole series is kind of about moving people into maybe small groups or <laughs> serving a connect. And so then I read in a bit more detail and I see that actually she's not been listening to me preach. Why would she listen? She's not been listening to me preach from another state somewhere else. Um, but actually in the comments section was my friend and she wrote in the comments, um, great to hear. It's good to see God's moving in your life. We're talking about moving at Connect Church. It's a really good series. And I'm like, oh. so I texted her back. I was like, you had me scared. I thought you were saying that. And I told her what had happened. Well, I have a feeling that she told this story to her husband because it wasn't more than an hour later that I get a text from him. Dave, I've quit my job. I'm leaving my wife. I'm headed to the beach. <laughs> your move sermons have been very inspirational. So please filter what I'm saying here, okay? Yes, I want you to move, but there are some, uh, some limitations here. But the truth is, throughout this series, in whatever way it is, I hope God has stirred your heart a little bit, and there's been something in you that maybe has thought, I do want to move from where I am to where maybe I could be. You know, there's a, uh, a great account in the New Testament of when Jesus um, comes across Peter. At this point, Peter, who's the disciple, Peter, who goes on to help build a church. At this point, he's just a fisherman. And this really unique um, encounter happens between Jesus and Peter we're going to look at this morning. And we see the impact it had on his life, how he was willing to move based on the um, experience with Jesus. I want us to look at that this morning because as we close out this series, I don't want to give any of you... I don't want any of you to miss the opportunity to move if that's what God is challenging you to do. So we'll read about this together. Um, if you uh, want to follow along, it's in Luke chapter 4. The verses are up here on the screen. 
It says in verse 5, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, if you say so, I'll move. I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they actually began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. He said, oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Through the lens of that account this morning, I want to ask you a couple of questions as we wrap up this Move series. Here's the first question I really want you to wrestle with here. Um, I hope not just in this service this morning, but as you leave throughout the rest of your day and the weekend and the coming week. The question I want to ask you is this. Will you go deeper? Will you go deeper? In verse 4 there, it said that when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, you need to understand the context. We read this sometimes, and it all just kind of makes sense. But, but picture the situation. Picture the moment right there on the shores of this lake. You have Jesus talking to very experienced fishermen saying, hey, I've got an idea. We should go out and do some fishing. Here's the thing. Peter had fished all night long. He hadn't caught a thing. The fish weren't biting, which I don't think matters if you have a net, but they weren't there. I mean, the fish weren't there. The fishermen of Palestine, they worked at night. That's when you fish. Because at night, the waters are a little bit warmer and the, the schools of fish will work their way towards shore to feed on the, the swarms of minnows that, that hang out in that shallower, warmer water. Well, as day breaks, those fish all kind of disappear. So during the day, that's about the worst time to fish. So not only is he asking them to go out and fish after a night when they've caught nothing, he's asking them to go out and fish at a time when you just don't catch fish. To add to that, this fisherman is being asked by a carpenter. If he knew Jesus, if he knew who Jesus was and his profession, he would know that this guy is a carpenter. Have you ever had a situation, maybe it's at work, where, where someone who obviously doesn't understand the job you do the job that you do every single day, the job that you know inside and out, and they come and they say, have you ever thought about doing it this way? Have you tried doing this? Seriously? <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe you, you work on cars. Maybe you fix engines for a living, and someone comes along and goes, you know, I think it might be this. What makes you think that? Well, I Googled it. 
I found a YouTube video. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe you should start. Oh, really? Thank you. I'm so glad you Googled it because I wouldn't have thought to have checked that. Here's this carpenter going to this fisherman. So there's, there's several reasons here why Peter probably should have thought, hey, I appreciate the idea, but you don't know what you're talking about. But for some reason, Peter had faith in Jesus, and he was willing that day to trust the word of a carpenter and to go out and fish again. Do you know what Peter learned in that moment? He learned that it doesn't matter that Jesus wasn't a fisherman. He realized that day that Jesus had designed the fish and the lake and Peter. That Jesus was who he said he was, the son of God. And in that moment, he didn't need to understand um, how to fish because he understood the plan that God had for Peter's life. He wanted Peter in that moment to see that miracle. So maybe through this series, you felt that little push to move from where you are to somewhere else. Maybe like Peter, Jesus has kind of been looking at your spiritual life and, and been pushing you to go a little bit deeper. And like Peter, maybe you've been um, thinking, well, Jesus, you don't really understand the kind of like, you know, you're saying deeper, but, you know, you're a single guy. You didn't have a wife, kids. I've I got a wife, kids. You know the, the kind of pressure I'm under at Caterpillar, how much, how hard they work me? I'd love to have the kind of free time you had to just show up at a wedding. You run out of wine? I got this, don't worry. That would be great. But the truth is, Jesus knows your life. Jesus knows you inside and out. And if you felt at any point in these last few weeks kind of that nudge to maybe um, go a little bit deeper, to move a little bit closer to Jesus, then I would challenge you, trust him. He knows you. He knew the fish in the lake and he knows you this morning. And if he's challenging you, if he's pushing you to go a little bit deeper, it's because he knows what's best for you. He has a great plan for your life. So when it comes to going deeper, I feel like as I'm speaking here this morning, there's, there's kind of two groups of people I'm speaking to. Two groups this morning who maybe Jesus' challenges go a little bit deeper. Maybe this morning, you're in the first group. You've, you've come along to connect for a while now, or maybe you're new here this morning. You're kind of checking things out. And, and if you were completely honest with yourself, you might say this morning, I'm still not completely sure if I know what I believe about this whole Jesus Thing, this whole idea of, of God and the Bible and church. I've got some good friends here who are inviting me to come. I, I see what God's doing in their lives, but I'm just not sure where I'm at. You know, maybe God is, the, the, the reason you're here this morning is because God wants you to move. Move a little bit closer. Maybe it's, it's making that move, one of the, the toughest moves you'll ever make and stepping into a relationship with Jesus. Stepping into a place of saying, God, I, I believe in you. I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He was the son of God. I believe, God, that, um, that you want to have a relationship with me. But because of this, this thing in my life that the Bible calls sin, the wrong things that I do, even if I try hard not to do them, I still find myself doing them. I'll never be good enough. So Jesus, Jesus chose, as we remembered in communion this morning, Jesus chose to come and give up his life for us, so that that relationship between God and ourselves could be restored. 
But even though Jesus did all of that for us, Jesus could have said to Peter, do you believe that there are fish out there? I do. Do you believe that if we went out there and caught those and, and put the nets down, we catch them? Peter could have said, I do. Do you believe if we got in the boats that we'd go out there, the nets would be so full they'd almost tear? Peter could say, I do. But it doesn't matter how much Peter said he believed. The only way he'd know for sure is by getting in the boat and setting sail. I wonder if some of you have been coming out for a while saying, I think I believe, I think I believe, but it's time. Jesus is saying to you this morning, it's time to move. It's time to move into the boat and do something with that belief. For you this morning, it might be just praying a prayer saying, God, I want to follow you. I want to live my life for you. It may be something as big as this. Next month, we're having a baptism service. October 15th, next month, we'll have one service again. We'll have uh, the baptism tub up here. And here at Connect, we do what we call full immersion baptism, where we fill it with water, and people come up here, and they go down into the water, and they come back up. And it represents the old life going down and the new life coming up. Many people have done this. Many people here at Connect have done it because publicly, going public, they want everyone to know that they believe and they made that choice. They said, I'm going to move from just sitting here and believing it to actually stepping into the water and getting baptized. Maybe that's the move that Jesus has in mind for you this morning. It's time to make that move. It's time to respond. It's time to say, you know what? It's, well, it's all well and good me saying I believe it, but I'm going to step out. I want people to know that I believe it. I want people to know that Jesus is my Lord. I want people to know that I am striving to live my life, to follow him, to get to know him better. And I'm not going to sit back anymore. I'm going to step forward and I'm going to move. So if you're in that first group of people, you can sign up through the Connect card on the app. You can talk to someone in the foyer. You'll hear announcements about this coming up in the next few weeks. But maybe your move is to move into that, that committed relationship with Jesus. So who's the second group? The second group this morning is those of you who already made that decision. Maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you uh, have been following Jesus all of your life. And maybe in this series, you've been kind of sitting back thinking, well, you know what? On a scale of one to 10, when it comes to like spiritual things, I'm at about a seven. I'm pretty good. And when I've talked about this idea of moving, you've kind of looked at yourself and thought, well, I'm at a seven. And instead of thinking, well, what's it going to take to get to an eight? You've looked around and thought, oh, well, that guy's clearly a two. So this message is for him because he needs to move. It's very apparent. Have you seen what he's wearing? It's very apparent that that guy needs to go from a two to a three very quickly. And we can do that, can't we? We can, instead of looking at ourselves, we can kind of deflect a little bit and look around and say, well, obviously, <laughs> this message is for that lady over there. But what if God's speaking to you? What if seven is great, but it could be eight? What if there is an area in your life where you could be going deeper? You know, I think for, for some of you this morning who find yourself in that group, it could be, what are you, where are things with you and God outside of a Sunday? It's great that you come here on a Sunday morning, you're involved, you sit through the service, maybe you serve somewhere here at Connect, but actually Monday through Saturday, it's almost like God has this slice of the pie, this area you've given to him, but the rest of the pie, that's kind of mine, God. What if moving for you means allowing God to be a part of every slice of the pie, every aspect of your life, every part of your life? What if it means that for you, it's more than just coming on a Sunday morning to grow in your relationship with God, there's actually some responsibility on you. 
some responsibility for you to figure out how am I going to grow in my relationship with God? I heard a guy speak recently, and he gave a great story of something that happened in his life that illustrates this point brilliantly. His name's Francis Chan, uh, and I was going to try and explain what he said, but it'd be a lot easier if you just heard him say it himself. So check out this video. I, uh, some of you have heard, I, I, sh- I shared the story a little while ago how just a few months ago, I was working in my front yard fixing some things, and some Jehovah's Witnesses come by, and they say, hey, can we talk to you? And I'm fixing this thing. I go, of course. How can I? Yeah, I, I got some things to say to you too. You know, let's <laughs> let's let's talk. No, seriously, because I I just think here's some human beings. I, I need to love on them. They're trying to love on me, and and so they start sharing some things. And I just said, hey, can I tell you? Can I? I just tell you a couple things that God's done in my life recently. Just just a couple things. I mean, this will blow your mind. Let me just tell you about some answers to prayer that just happened like last week. And this lady goes, you know, God doesn't listen to everyone's prayers. And I said, you know what? Actually, biblically, you're right on. I go, James 1 says that if we doubt, he's not going to listen to us. James 4 says if if we ask with the wrong motives, he's not going to listen to us. 1 Peter 3 says if I don't honor my wife, Man, my, my prayers are going to be hindered. He, he says in Isaiah 58, if I don't care for the poor, it doesn't mean if I fast and pray. He's not listening. Yeah, I go in Amos, he says, ah, oh, I don't even want to hear the noise of your songs. You know, I'm not going to listen to that. He says, if my people would humble themselves, you know, and, and turn from their wicked ways. I mean, there's conditions. Says, You're absolutely right. He does not listen to every prayer, but he listens to mine. And I, and I said, and I, I tell this one story of this thing that happened, and she's like, "Wow!" I go, "Explain that. Why does he listen to me?" You know, and 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 she goes, "Let's get out of here." And so, her and her friends start walking. Away. I go, "Actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to walk with you because I have some more stories." And. Uh, because I didn't want them to just walk away. I want them to. Know, I just want people to know this Jesus. Because there's nothing like answered prayer. There's nothing like, no way. I just spoke to God and He listened to me. I mean, that's my favorite thing on earth. When I ask for something, I go, "Shut up, God! Just listen to me and look what He did." You can't explain this away. And so I'm telling them these stories as I'm walking with them. Man, I went like a block and a half just telling them, and and one of them looks at me. She goes, "She goes, what are you?" Because you're one of them Pentecostals. <laughs> and I go. Don't worry about it. I, I go, here's all you need to know about me. I'm a human being just like you. And I get alone with that book. I get alone with the Bible and I just read it. And, and, and I see stuff I'm supposed to do and I do it. And I, and I pray to that God in that Bible, that Jesus who died on that cross for me. And, and I, just, I, I just read that and I pray to him and he listens to me and he's changed me. And, and everything he's done in my life, I, it just blows my mind. And she goes, that's your problem. <laughs> L- that was literally what she goes, that's your problem. She goes, you read that book by yourself. She goes, you can't understand that book unless one of our leaders explains it to you. 
And I said, see, that's your problem. <laughs> no, I said, you're putting all of your trust in someone else. I go, do you understand this is about your eternity? This is about heaven and hell. And you are putting all your trust in what someone else tells you. And, and you understand, man, I think we, some of us in the room do this. Some of the things we believe and do and hold so dear is not because we found it in this book. It's just because someone told us, and I'm, and I'm not saying that we don't listen to people who know more than we do. Man, I, I think there's a time to listen, um, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I see a, a lot of believers just grabbing on and listening to someone because they're a popular speaker, or listening to someone because he's a good singer, someone appears really intelligent, you know, quotes some Greek words that you don't know any better, you're like, okay, I guess. And you just start listening and you just follow these supposed scholars. And, and, and just like I told those ladies, I go, look, you would never come up with some of these conclusions if you just read this book over and over again. Now, obviously, you could listen to me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but the truth is, that's what he's saying. You know, some you're listening and you're learning. But it's such a small part because God has so much more he wants to say to you outside of just a Sunday morning. And you have that opportunity to dive deeper into a relationship with him. Now, I get it. I know that there's some of you like, but Dave, this is so hard. I've tried. I've tried opening the Bible. It just, have you read some of this stuff? It's really difficult to figure out. You know, we live in a day and age where, where technology is just doing some wonderful things. And I recommend to everyone I meet, there's a wonderful app that you can load on your iPhones, your Droids, your whatever phone you've got, your iPads, your laptops. It's called the Bible app. And here's why I love it, okay? The Bible app is um, it, it's the Bible. You can read it, but it comes with it, these, these wonderful plans. And you can go in and it can help you read through the New Testament or it can read just about the miracles of Jesus or you can read, you know, and, and there are these, these plans that you can read, it's such a wonderful app. And, and the wonderful thing is you can actually connect with other people who have the app. And just recently, Justin, I know, was uh, speaking to the youth group about this. And, and I know this. I didn't know he was until that night and the next morning because suddenly all these teenagers are friending me. Like they're, they're um, suddenly connecting to me through this Bible app, which I'm like, this is really cool. That means that some of these teenagers are looking for ways to, to learn more about God for themselves. And then there's nothing cooler in the world than, than getting a notification on your phone and you pull it up and it's, it's your son and it's a verse that just sticks out to him and he's, he's kind of posting this picture. And you read it and you're like, wow, this is what God is saying to my son right now. This is how God is speaking to my son right now. And it's accessible to all of us at whatever level you find yourself. I think when it comes to moving, sometimes we, we don't move because we look at where we are and we look at maybe some other people who we consider to be very mature followers of Jesus and we think, there's no way I could. I, I'll be honest with you, when I watch that guy on the video, I'm like, why am I even preaching? <laughs> look at this guy, he's amazing. And it can cause us to kind of step back and think, well, I, I can't be that person or I can't do this, so I just won't. But anywhere you find yourself, there is a way that you can move just a little bit closer. You can learn more about Jesus, whether it's accepting him for the very first time and being baptized or choosing outside of a Sunday to say, during the week, I'm going to find some time 
Maybe I'll grab a cup of coffee before the family all wake up. Maybe I'll get some quiet time after the kids have gone to bed. But, but I'm going to choose some time to maybe follow one of these plans, to read about Jesus, to, to learn about what he has to say about me for myself. And then the last thought I want to close out with this morning, I said I would ask you two questions. The first question I asked is, will you go deeper? But here's the second question I want to send you away with this morning, because this is going to be a tough question. The second question that I think Peter challenges with this story is, will you leave it behind? Will you leave it behind? The thing that amazes me the most when I read this story about Jesus and Simon Peter is that at that point, he left everything behind and said, I want to follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. Now, I don't think God is saying to you this morning, you've got to leave it all behind. But I do wonder if he's saying, if you want to experience uh, some movement in your life, some movement from where you are to where you need to be, you may have to leave something behind. For some of us, moving towards something will actually mean moving away from something else. Moving towards something will mean moving away from something else. And that's not easy. It's not easy sometimes to leave some of those things because they've become habits in our life. They've become things that that we're used to. And it's going to be hard to move away. I remember a story of um, back in the, the late 80s, 1987, there was a pilot by the name of Henry Dempsey. He and a co-pilot were flying a small commuter plane, a small 20-passenger plane. At the time, it was empty. They took off from Portland Airport, and they went out out into the ocean, and and they could hear some noise at the back of the plane. So the pilot said, you take over. I'm going to go back and check, see what's going on. So he walks to the back of the plane. Well, it turns out the door at the back hadn't been closed properly. And as he got up there to kind of examine it, they hit some turbulence. He fell onto it, and the door flew open. So the co-pilot looks back, he sees the open door, he sees the light on the dashboards, and he realizes that the pilot has been sucked out of the plane. So straight away, he, he puts out a distress call, a mayday, he says, my, uh, my pilot's just been sucked out of the plane somewhere over the ocean, send a coast guard right now to see if you can locate him, I need to come in for an emergency landing. So 10 minutes later, flying from an altitude of, of 4,000 feet at about 200 miles an hour, He comes in to land this plane. Unbeknownst to him, this pilot, Henry Dempsey, he didn't actually get sucked out completely. He managed to grab hold of the ladder on the way by. And when that plane landed and they got to the plane, there he was still holding on to that ladder. True story. Here's the crazy thing about that story. If you read the newspaper report, it says at the end that when they got to him, it took several minutes to actually get his fingers off of the ladder because <laughs> he had held onto this thing so tightly <laughs> for his life that it needed several people and several minutes to get him to let go. It can be hard sometimes, can't it, to let go of something that we've held onto for a long time. But maybe God's saying to you this morning, I love you so much. I've got this wonderful plan for your life, but you're going to have to leave some of those old habits behind. And you're like, I I can't let go. He wants to help you let go and help you move into something. I don't think if we could talk to Peter today, I don't think he'd say, yeah, sometimes I wish I'd gone back to fishing. I don't think he ever looked back. He went on as a disciple to see Jesus do some incredible miracles. Peter himself had some ups and downs, but finally, after Jesus died and rose again, Peter was one of the disciples who helped establish the church that we're still a part of today. 
Peter lost his own life because of his relationship with Jesus. All because that one day when Jesus asked him to move, he was willing to go deeper. And then when the time was right, he was willing to leave it all behind and follow Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Father, over these last few weeks, we've talked about moving in many different um, scenarios, moving into a small group, moving into finding our gifts and serving somewhere, um, moving in the sense of maybe a, a career or a home or a relationship, Lord. But Father, my prayer this morning to every one of us here, wherever we find ourselves, we would never settle Sometimes, Lord, it's good to stay in a certain place for a time, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You put us in, 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 in situations for periods of time, Lord, and that's great. But, God, I just believe you're a God of movement, that you're all the time just nudging us, trying to uh, get us to move in another direction so that we can grow closer to you. We can learn more about you. We can become better um, fathers and mothers and husbands and wives, Lord, because in order to be that person we need to be, we, we have to step out, Lord. We have to be willing to go deeper. We have to be willing to leave some things behind. So God, as inspiring as this idea is, it all hinges on one thing this morning. That one thing is whether we're willing to move. God, you are a gracious God. You'll never force us to do anything. So I pray that if there are any here this morning that are really feeling that challenge, that they wouldn't, let anything stop them, that they would move in the direction that you want them to move. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.